thank uh, Jenny and Bishop Sutton. <laughs> For months and months, my husband has said... We are going to go visit Bishop Sutton. <laughs> and I thought, this is a man with a, a little collar, and he's to be reverenced and lived in a high tower or something. And I didn't find out that Bishop Sutton is really a town, a village. But I liked it better when you were a bishop. <laughs> it made me feel more important. <laughs> but um, I am I am so blessed to be here. I've been so blessed to be in England. When I was here two years ago, when I was looking out the window of the car with Stan, and I was looking out and I was watching all the fields, and I didn't want to leave. I felt a part of England and I, I, I'm not English and, and something in my heart and I didn't want to leave but I didn't want to stay either because of my grandchildren. You know, you or my grandchildren? You or my grandchildren? My grandchildren won. They have my heart. So, um, now we're back again. And we're here for a purpose. And, and sometimes we don't always understand purpose. And we let our mind just wrestle with it. And we should just yield to Father God. And, and let Him do His business. Amen? Amen. So I was, I would, I, I didn't have a plan. Uh, I never have a plan. When I have a, when I have a plan, God always changes it at the last second, so why bother? <laughs> why labor? So, uh, I, I was, I was praying, and, um, the Lord showed me this, and this is not me. This is not like me, my husband. But the Lord was just, just twirling and dancing and just twirling. And it, it's for you. If the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. But I have a question. If, so that means you are or you're not. If you really have the sun, you're free. So if you're all bound up, hmm. If the sun has set you free, you're free indeed. You're free. You're free to be who God has made you to be. So step into yourself. Step into yourself, Brian. Yes. And the Lord, when we were worshiping, the Lord showed me something else. He showed me bottles of wine with corks in them. 
So the wine is ready, but it needs to be uncorked. So I'm going to lay hands on you and pop your cork. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Start with you, fine bottle of wine. Pop! Pop, Dave! Be uncorked in Jesus' name! Pop! Oh, pop! Hallelujah! Pop! 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 Oh, pop! In the name of Jesus! Don't be so stubborn! Pop! In the name of Jesus! Popping ministry. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew 3 tonight. Matthew chapter 3. This is what I've been... Am I on? Okay. Actually, I've preached this everywhere I've been so far, so... Praise God. It's good. We don't have to come up with a fresh sermon. We just got the same one over and over again, but... Trouble is, it's always different, right? Brian, Brian's been with. Me. Praise God! It's exciting. It's exciting. God sent me with a message, I believe, for for England and Wales, and for all of us. And it's about the fire of God. We need the fire of God, Amen. You know, uh, in 2000, I went to China. Before I went, I had a, a vision. You know, not. not you know, not in a trance or anything, but just an open vision. And I saw the map of China, and I saw fire burning across the map. And then I went and I ministered that over there. And, you know, things are happening in China. The uh, church is growing by 10% each year in China, which means every six and a half years, the church doubles. And if I've got my statistic right, I believe by 2000. 30, that means there'll be, if it keeps going the same rate, there'll be 250 million Christians in China. Hallelujah. We need the fire. Amen. We need the fire. You know, the, the church has been in decline in the UK. The church has been in decline in the United States. But it's time to fire up the boiler room. Amen. It's time to see the Holy Spirit move. Amen. And that means we need to allow him to move. We need to uncork the bottles, amen, and let the Spirit move, amen. I think we're reticent. You know, we hold back on the Holy Spirit. 
And, you know, he's not going to force himself on us. He, he's a gentleman. But as we yield him, ourselves to him, we're going to see the move of the Spirit in these days. Can I have an amen? amen. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for being in this place with your precious people. Thank you for your presence that's here and how your willingness and your drawingness and your speaking to us and your calling us up into a higher place. And, Lord, you're just wanting to fill us and fill us and fill us and fill us some more, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we might, Lord, have that anointing to carry forth in this place and to the nations, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the blessing that's upon this work, too, Lord, and the fellowship that's here and the unity that's here, Lord. And we just honor you in this place, and we thank you for what you have done, Lord, because it's your doing. It's not man's doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our lives. You are such an awesome God. Lord, tonight, have your way. Baptize us in the Holy Ghost and fire fresh. In Jesus' name, let your fire come upon us, O God, that we would leave this place different than when we came. In Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you for your anointing. And we honor you for your presence. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit in Jesus' holy name. And all the people shouted, Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, the preaching of John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. This same John had clothing made of camel's hair, a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to escape from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Don't just say that you're repenting. Don't, don't just wring your clothes. But bear, for, bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think to say within yourselves, We have Abraham. As our Father, for I say to you that God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is put to the root tree, the tree roots. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water to repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean. Everybody say clean. He will thoroughly clean his floor and gather his wheat into the granary, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, I like John. John, he was a real preacher. Amen. He was not a mamby-pamby guy, you know. You didn't have to guess what he was talking about. Amen. It says he came preaching, repent. In other words, turn away from sin in your heart to God. Make a 
clear choice. Amen? And we've got too many Christians today straddling, amen, the fence. And God says, get in or get out. Amen? Let's get with the program. It's time, amen, to get in God's camp and do things His way. You know, I found out from studying the Bible that all the men and women of God in the Bible preached repentance, a turning away from sin and God. Amen? And it hasn't changed. It doesn't matter if it's 2019. Amen? Or, you know, in Moses' day, God is still interested in purifying a people unto himself. Everybody say purify. The fire purifies. I think that's the emphasis the Lord wanted me to put on this tonight is purifying fire. Purifying fire. Because the fire of the Holy Ghost can do what we can't do on our own. Can I have an amen? And John, you know, John came preaching, and and I like what he said in John chapter 1, verse 29. He saw Jesus says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. That's our Jesus. He takes away our sin. Amen? We come with sin. He takes it away. His blood is precious and powerful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I thank God for that. But here in Matthew, he says something else about Jesus. He says, it's he that baptizes with the Holy Ghost and fire and fire. You remember when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And he began to shake and tremble at the presence of the Lord. And and uh, he says, woe is me, I am undone. He's just, you know, shaking loose at the hinges. Woe is me, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He saw the sinfulness of a nation. He saw the sinfulness in his own life. You know, under the glory of God, I mean, you know, it, it, we kind of get the picture that of his glory and, and how we fall short. But then it said the angel took a coal off the altar, a coal of fire, and touched his lips. You see? And he was purged. There's purging fire. Praise God. Now the Bible said in Hebrews 12, 19, uh, 29, that our God is a consuming fire. Amen? And of course, you know, here we can see uh, John talking about the fire of judgment. There is a fire of hell. But there's also a purging fire of God. When we allow God to take over in our lives, when we repent and we let Jesus have his way, there's a purging fire. Amen? And things that have been in our life that haven't been right, that we can't get rid of, you know, the power and strongholds in our life, I'm going to tell you, the fire can burn it up. You know, he said um, that the Lord goes before us as a fire and burns up all his enemies. I'm going to tell you something. There's enemies in the U.K., There's enemies in the U.S. There's enemies in this world. There's demonic things. But the fire of God, amen, will burn up the enemies. The fire of God will burn up the enemies in your life. Praise God. I thank God for his fire. Hallelujah. In Malachi, he says he's like a refining fire. Praise God. Uh, uh, Moses, he appeared to Moses in a burning bush and called him. Praise God. In Hebrews 1.7, it says, uh, he makes his angel spirits 
and his ministers flames of fire. Praise God. I read something about uh, fire. Has anybody ever heard of uh, Charles and Francis Hunter from the United States? Susan, because she keeps hearing me talk about, well, she knows them too. We, we knew them personally. But they wrote, they wrote in, uh, in one of their books, Francis was writing about one of their meetings. And they were singing and praising, as the prophecy said. God inhabits, I love that prophecy. God inhabits the praises. Amen. Just remember, keep praising the Lord. Praise stills the voice of the avenger. There's power in praise. Amen. And they were talking about how they were praising and worshiping and glorifying God, you know, and singing to the Lord. And she looked over and she saw Charles and she said there was flames of fire coming out of his hands and his arms and his legs and all, all from his body just shooting out towards the congregation, like 12 to 8 inches long. She said, wow, what is this, Lord? And she, she pointed at him and she saw that she had the same thing. The glory of God. Yeah. Amen? You say, well, that's really strange, Tom. I mean, what, what do you bring that up for? Well, I want to tell you something. Did you ever read the second chapter of Acts? Yeah. Tongues of fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. He said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Praise God. Fire. We know what fire is. I've got some notes here about fire. Fire number one is combustion. You know, uh, we were in uh, Pastor Dave and Pastors Dave and Jenny's living room, and they have a fireplace. We have a fireplace at home. We have a, a wood stove, and we learn lessons about fire there. We make fire, praise God. We clean out the ashes in the morning, and we put fresh wood in there, and we stoke up the fire, praise God. So there's a natural fire. But the second definition of fire is to a burning passion, an energy, an intensity, a brilliancy, a luminosity. Fire. We need that fire. And I was just looking at this in... Um, in the Warrell Bible, he comments on that, about the Holy Ghost and fire. And he says it this way. The burning, cleansing influence of the Holy Spirit as he is permitted day by day to fill the believer. See, there's cleansing with the fire. So when you repent and let the fire come, it will burn out the dross. Can I have an Amen. So John is talking about his ministry. Now, John is the preacher of the day, right? I mean, people were coming from the cities out into the wilderness to hear him preach. I mean, he was the preacher of that time. He was leading a movement. People were coming out and being baptized, uh, and which was even kind of a new thing because they would baptize Gentiles, but they weren't baptizing Jews necessarily. But John was preaching. They were being baptized. People were coming out, man, to hear this guy. But he says this, he says, I indeed baptize you with water to repentance, but he that's coming after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to carry. He said, you know, you think my ministry is something? Wait till you see what's to come. (laughs) I baptize with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm not even worthy to carry his shoes. 
You see, because there's there's things that can be accomplished through repentance. We need repentance. Amen? But we need the power of the Holy Spirit to finish the work. You see, there's some things that took place through Jesus Christ, you know, that John couldn't do. He came as a forerunner to prepare the people. He called them to repentance. He baptized them unto repentance. But then he pointed to the one to come. The one who would die on the cross of Calvary for their sins. The one who would rise again. The one who would ascend to heaven and pour out the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, I'll tell you, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And the Holy Spirit comes in your life. He brings change. He gives us new life. Amen. He changes us. And He empowers us. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. John truly, Jesus said, John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Praise God. He says, wait in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in, in Bishop Sutton. Praise God. And, uh, wait a minute. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. Wibbeliskum and South Wales, where I was last night. Do you realize last night I preached in a church uh, where Evan Roberts preached revival? Ooh, glory to God. Ooh, glory. I'll tell you something. That was pretty neat. And I stood in the place where he preached. Praise God. That is just so exciting to me. It thrilled me. My grandfather preached in the regular Oh, awesome. Praise God. Wonderful. It's exciting. That was so neat to be there and to, to think of what had taken place in there. And we went into the chapel. They're not even, there's a church there in the, in the building, but it meets in a smaller room because the chapel's fairly large and it takes a lot to heat. But we stood in the chapel in the place where he preached, and and I and I preached about the same thing, of course, and then preached about Evan Roberts and what he shared. In fact, I think I'll just share this with you because, and of course, you know a lot more about Evan Roberts than I do. But sometimes it's good just to remember things and to bring a reminder. But this is what Evan Roberts is quoted as, as saying. He says, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the essence of revival. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the essence of revival. For revival comes from the knowledge of the Holy Spirit and the way of co-working with him, which enables him to work in revival power. The primary condition of revival is therefore that believers should individually know the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Out of this understanding grew his repeated emphasis on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he taught that each such, that such an event was governed by four conditions. Confession of all past sins. Searching out of all secret and doubtful things. So if you're wondering if it's right or not, it's not right. (laughs) And obedience to the Holy Spirit, full and without reserve. Let the Holy Spirit have his way. Uncork the bottle. And a public declaration of Jesus Christ 
as Savior. And then it says, so while even Robert, Evan Roberts was being prepared for the supreme work of his life, Wales too was undergoing a preparation, and by 1904 there was an awareness in many parts of the principality that revival was about to break out. It did too at the end of October to, uh, 1904, and the rest, as they say, is history. So there was a preparation in Evan Roberts' life and in the people of Wales. They were praying for a revival. They were repenting. They were turning to God. They were crying out for more of God. And that's what we need, more of God. John says, I'm baptizing you with water. I'm immersing you in water. Amen. How many know you saw the pictures of the baptisms we did there? And I got all wet, and the people that we baptized got wetter. Amen? And that's immersion, right? Well, he said, I baptize you, I immerse you in water, but you shall be immersed in the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Now, there is a work of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's several things. Before a person's even a Christian, the Holy Spirit will work on them. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. So even an unbeliever can have an experience with the Holy Spirit. I had that when I was nine years old. I was convicted of the Holy Spirit. And I moved upon it. And I remember that, but I didn't surrender my life to the Lord. But then there is a time when a person is born again. When a person says, Jesus, you are my Lord. And the Holy Spirit comes into their life. They are born of the Spirit. And the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit at that time bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. See, that's what happened to John Wesley. He went to America. He's going to be the great missionary, right? Goes to America. He's on the boat going over there, and it's about to sink in a storm. And he's shaking his boots afraid to die and here's these Moravian missionaries on the deck of the boat singing praises to God hallelujah they're just having a time I mean you know I don't know if they wanted to die really but they weren't afraid and it's, it just struck him and that's a whole other story about the Moravians that's a tremendous re- revival that they came out of but he went to America, and of course his ministry was a, a failure there. Came back to the UK and was in a prayer meeting, and he said, "My heart was strangely warmed," and he knew that he was a child of God. And that's what it's all about—being born of the Spirit. And every Christian has the Spirit within them. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And he will lead and guide you into all truth and show you things to come. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things that are given freely to us of God, it says in 1 Corinthians 2. So all these things are the work of the Holy Spirit. But then there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not a different Holy Spirit. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit of the new birth is not different than the Holy Spirit of Pentecost. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's just a greater dimension of the Holy Spirit. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts tonight. 
And we quoted some of these scriptures already in Acts. We read the, about Jesus told them to wait and you will receive power. And then what did they do? Jesus said, wait, they waited. They obeyed, amen. They waited, they prayed, and they yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit. And in the 14th verse of the first chapter, it says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. Thank God for the women. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, where would the church be without the women? Hallelujah. They were praying with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So they were praying in the upper room. I love it. The upper room. That's good. They were praying in the upper room. They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Oh, God, pour out your spirit. That's what we're doing tonight. We're crying out to God for more of him. And he says he's hearing our prayers. Amen. He's going to fill us to the overflowing. To out, to pour out his spirit in the land. Amen. And, and it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and it filled all the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them tongues like as a fire being distributed and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Folks, did you know it's biblical to speak in other tongues? Did you know the Word of God says they spoke in other tongues? Did you know that Paul said that I would that you all spoke in tongues? Then he says, I, but rather that you prophesy. I want you to prophesy too. I don't want you to just speak in tongues. I want you to prophesy. And he said this. He said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. The great apostle Paul, the, the great teacher, the great intellectual was a tongue talker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Don't be ashamed of speaking in other tongues. Hello? I mean, are we going to be biblically minded? Or are we going to be influenced by the pressures and the ideas of man? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need everything that God has for us. And so they they waited on God and they prayed and the, the Holy Spirit came in like a wind and and the fire touched them, and they spoke in other tongues, and they were filled with joy. You know, it's okay to have joy in church. Hallelujah. Hello. And, you know, they were out in the streets, apparently, because people started hearing them. Amen. And they, they had so much joy, they thought they were drunk. And Peter stood up and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Told them they needed to be saved pointed out their sin and called them to repent and said, repent and be baptized every one of you and you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. So you see, the purpose of Pentecost is the preaching of the gospel. 
It's not, yes, it's thrilling, it's exciting, it's joy. But the purpose is to reach the lost. Amen? The purpose is to preach that gospel with power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And he preached, and he told them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. See, that word repent keeps coming. Because we do. We do need to repent. And I've been walking with the Lord uh, 42 years. Uh, I just had, just a couple weeks ago, I had a time. I mean, more than once, you know, I repent often. But, I mean, I had a definite time when I just made a choice with God to repent in some areas. That's good. He'll cleanse you. He'll free you. Him who the Son sets free is free indeed, you know. And so you see that John preached repentance. Jesus preached repentance. Peter preached repentance. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he says, uh, Repent and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what we need. We need that, those times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Share one more, one or two more scriptures here, and I'll just uh, maybe just uh, talk about the, in the third chapter what happened after this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter and John went down to the temple at the hour of prayer, and uh, there was a man sitting there, lame from his mother's womb, and he was asking for alms. And Peter said, "Silver and gold have I not." But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Christians, we have something to give people. Amen. Peter said, you know, I don't have any money with me, but I've got something for you. He had the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he had, he had the authority to use the name of Jesus. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He took him by the hand, lifting him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to expect signs and wonders. When you pray for people, expect them to rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Expect the blind eyes to open, the deaf ears to open in Jesus' name. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? It's not about you. It's not about your ability. It's about the power of God. Hallelujah. I love it. That's the kind of things that happen. All through the book of Acts, one place it says they turn the world upside down. I'll tell you, this world right now needs some turning upside down. I mean, it's a mess. But I tell you, God's got a church in the earth that can do something about it if they'll just yield to the Holy Spirit and let Him have His way. If they'll just believe this word. Amen. And let the fire burn. Praise God. You know, to make fire, you need two things. You need fuel and you need air. And the fuel that we need is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the air that we need is the Holy Spirit. 
You bring the Spirit and the Word together, you're going to have combustion. Can I have an amen? amen? That is what we need today. Praise God. And because they had prayed for that man and he was healed, then, well, 5,000 people came to the Lord and the religious leaders got upset. They brought in the disciples and called them on the carpet, you know, and uh, threatened them. But then they let him go. And I want you to see now in the fourth chapter, in the 29th verse, this is what they said. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant that your servants may hide out from all the pressure. Oh, oh. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants <laughs> that we may speak your word with great boldness. They asked the Lord for more boldness. Church, we need more boldness. We need more boldness. I need more boldness. They said, Lord, give us more boldness. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be performed in the name of your holy son, Jesus. And when they had prayed, when? And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. You think the council would mind? <laughs> And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. And in the 33rd verse, it says, And with great power, the apostles testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them. Oh, they demonstrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ through signs, wonders, and miracles. But what I want you to notice there is it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, these are the people that were we already read about that were filled with the Holy Spirit. So they got refilled. You know, before I came over here, I stopped in Wales and I refilled the gas tank. You got to get a refill once in a while. Amen. They need to be refilled. And the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And I understand that that actually means be continuously filled with the Spirit. So I want to encourage you to get a refill tonight. Praise God. Praise God. If you want a refill from the Lord, why don't you just stand to your feet tonight? Oh, we need your power, Lord. We need your power. We cannot do it. Oh, let there be a breakthrough in the house tonight, Lord God, of your glory and your power in Jesus' name. Oh, shake this place, Lord, and fill us with the Holy Ghost, Lord. In Jesus' name, grant unto your servants boldness, boldness to speak your word, stretching forth your hand to heal, 
in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we want you to do a work in us, oh God. We want you to do a work in our hearts. We want you to do a work in this place, oh God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for breakthrough prayers. Praise God. Praise God. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. It said they lifted up their voice to God in one accord. I want you to begin to pray. Maybe some of you have something on your heart to pray, to cry out to God for the outpouring, for the outpouring of his spirit upon this nation. Oh, Lord, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Fire on you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the fire, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the fire in the name of Jesus. Be loosed in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Let there be an igniting. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let there be an igniting, oh God, in Jesus' name. In the fire of God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.